What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is episode 1995. What's cool about 1995, uh, and I should say it's episode 95. The reason I said 1995, it's because it's the first year the Seattle Mariners went to the playoffs, despite having existed since 1977. 18 straight years, no playoffs. 1995, though, what a year. I'm here, of course, with B-Pimp. B-Pimp, what is up with you? That was also the year when um, Ken Griffey Jr. scored from second, right, on that crazy play in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so it was game five, the first round of the playoffs against the New York fucking Yankees, and Edgar Martinez did a double. Ken Griffey Jr. was on first base. Oh. Gone faster than I've ever seen him go in my life. Rounded, and he was just all smiles as he slid into home plate and was just tackled by the whole team. The most amazing moment in Mariners history, despite the fact that they won 116 games once. um, That that 1995 playoffs is without question the most amazing moment in Mariners history. Wow. Good old 95. Um, Yeah. Baseball update. The Mariners still suck. (laughs) They have not been to the playoffs since 2001, which is the year that they won 116 games. That's insane. That is insane. Like now that major league is letting more teams into the playoffs. I, I don't know what is going on with the Mariners that they cannot put together a good team. They have good teams. They obviously just have either bad luck or they're not quite getting over the hump. It like really infuriates me that they, except for his rookie year, which was 2001, they essentially wasted all of Ichiro's career. They wasted all of Felix Hernandez's career. Yeah. Come on. It's a shame. It's a damn shame. Uh, but we're not talking about baseball as much as I, I'd like to. We are talking about 1990s action movies. So if you listen to our last episode, we covered our favorite comedies from the 1990s. And now we're going to talk about action movies. So this is part two out of a five-part series where we go over the best of the 90s. So we do comedies. We do action movies. That's this episode. Then we're going to do best TV shows and albums. And then round it out with top video games from the 1990s. But we're covering all the best of. And it's the golden era. This is the era where, you know, Brian, both, both of us, of course, were born in the 80s. But really, our formative years are the 90s. Born in the 80s, raised in the 90s. Yep. Um, hitting our stride in the 21st century. Yep. About. Before we get to your whiskey... I want to, this isn't a rant, it's certainly not a bee's beef, but can I take a second to tell you about a movie that's not going to be on my list? Absolutely. Okay. It's a 1990 movie called, 1999 movie called The Matrix. Oh, I'm so glad it's not on mine either. Here is why. The movie sucks. (laughs) And I spent so many years in high school trying to defend why I thought that movie sucked. And I like, I did not, I could not understand why it was such a phenomena. Like it, it wasn't good at all. And I felt finally so vindicated when the sequels came out and everybody agreed the sequels were God awful. And I said, now go back and watch the original movie and realize it is also awful. So was it just the, was it just the bullet time, like crazy special effects you think that 
blinded people to think that it was good? I think it was. I think it, it must have been something about the special effects, which, like, in retrospect, don't look good. Yeah. So, like, once you take that away, the movie is nothing. I, I don't even dislike Keanu Reeves, even though he's, like, definitely wooden in some movies. He's, a, he's not good in this movie. The supporting cast is not very good. Lawrence Fishburne is, like, so-so in it. Um, and Carrie Ann Moss is that. So, I'm so glad because I saw that when I was researching for this and I was like, nope, not going to be yeah. on the list. Pass, hard pass on the Yeah. Movie. So it's not going to be on either of our lists. I'm glad to hear that too because I, if you did have it on your list, that is, it's 100% your opinion. That is fine if you would have it on your list. But I wanted to make sure that it, our listeners knew that I remembered the movie, The Matrix, and I remembered that I hated it, and it will not be on the list. <laughs> it's not an oversight. No, not an oversight at all. Um, all right, BPM, what whiskey do you have for our listeners? I've got the, um, I'm very excited to try it. It's Whistle Pig Piggyback. So it's their um, 96.56 proof. Whoa. Uh, 100% rye pot distilled small batch rye um it's from mineville kentucky so not louisville and it's they're selling it as classic spicy and spontaneous can i say this i i think i don't notice this with a lot of whiskeys or i'm not paying that close of attention i think Whistlepick has really fine branding i just really enjoy the way the label looks like aesthetically yeah. It, it's very, I do like the font. I like the mix of colors. I like the fact that it's called piggyback. I don't know the significance of that really, but it's a rye and they normally make a uh, bourbon, I believe. So um, I'm pouring a little bit of it neat. It's light, just like your Rittenhouse was. You can see oh, yeah. there. No, that's, that's pretty light. Smell has got a real spice in the, like the first thing that hits my nose is spiciness. So I got to taste this and see if the piggyback is going to get a piggyback ride onto the smooth train. So you're taking that first sip, thinking about it. For folks at home, if they're considering this whiskey, it's, it's at a decent price point. So I hope, like obviously get it if B-Pimp puts it on the smooth train. But uh, if he doesn't, do not get it. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely taking a second sip because the first one was underwhelming. Whoa. That's not the first thing I like to hear. For a rye, so normally what I'm thinking with a rye is that the overwhelming character is going to be the spicy feeling or the spicy taste. But you know what? I got to do a third because the second one was better and now I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Your taste buds are like, where is this going to end up? Yeah. They can't tell if like, are we putting on boots or are we putting on shoes to go take the smooth train? I'm being a little bit more discerning because of the price point. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I think that's fair. You know what? As I take more sips, I think here's where my mind is going. So the first, the smell is very spicy. The taste is spicy, but it's also a little bit subdued. And I think that's because of how much they age it. After you've sipped it, it does have a nice, pleasant 
the the taste it leaves in your mouth is very pleasant. And I think if I think about the other rise I've had that I liked, I think I do have to put this on the smooth train as well. Love it. I, because we have talked about in the past that rise, sometimes we don't like them that much, uh, but we've had rise two consecutive episodes now. They've both gone on the smooth train. So that's good for our listeners at home. We're not biased against rise. If a rye is good, we'll put it on that train. This, yeah, this one, be, I'm going to put it on the smooth train. I'm going to give it a little caveat, which is it is expensive. It's not like, I mean, 50, I got it for 55. You saw it for $65. Bay area prices though. Everything. I mean, I might, I might've gotten a little bit of a sale. I don't know, but I mean, it's not, so be careful. I mean, I like it. I think it's very good. I won't put it on the smooth train if I don't, but just think, you know, if you're not totally sold on the idea of a rye, you may want to like try some other cheaper ones first to get yourself into it before you try this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we have another one on the smooth train though. Um, and I'm glad we've done a lot, a fair amount of variation with price. We don't usually go to the upper, upper price point, uh, because what are we crazy? I know. Billionaires? No, no. Uh, but we have to really like, you know, everything from zero to hundred, I think we, we should have like a, a, a fair sampling of everything in there. So, uh, I'm glad we do. I'm glad we have another one for the smooth train and, I'm excited that we get to talk about action movies from the 1990s because when I was putting together this list, it turns out there's a lot of action movies from the 1990s that I love. Um, what did you find difficult about putting this list together? I found ranking this list to be extremely taxing on my brain. Cause I love so many of these movies. I love action movies. I do have a special affinity for bad action movies. I think my list actually has mostly good ones, um, but I do have some bad ones in there and in the, and in the honorable mentions. I mean bad as far as like critical reception, but I think they're all great. Can I ask ahead of time how many Jean-Claude Van Damme movies you have in there? In the list or total? In the list. In the list, only one. Okay, okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. Because I remember when we were doing 80s action movies, like you had a, a mentioned that, Really, it was like the early '90s that were more of the sweet spot. There were f- there were four that I considered for the list. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I agree with you. Like a mix of good and bad action movies. The one I put number one at first when I put together this list, I was like, "Well, critically, I can't possibly put this number one." But then I did. I'm so excited to hear what this is. Yeah. Uh, so. Without further ado, then, let's get into it. These are our top five action movies from the 1990s. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, I'll go first. Uh, my number five actually is out of appreciation. I, I, I'm almost positive I would have forgotten about this movie otherwise, but you and Lisa recently watched it. Uh, just snuck into the 1990s. I was like, you know what? I, I think that sounds about right. My number five is Deep Blue Sea. Sharks who, of course, have been given extra brain power so they can find this cure for Alzheimer's in this. It's like such a dumb plot, but also really like ridiculous and convoluted. Um, but the cast, forget about it. LL Cool J, Michael Rappaport, Samuel L. Jackson, 
Some other people I forgot. Thomas Jane. <laughs> yeah, really great cast, varied cast. Of course, I. it's the kind of movie too I actually don't totally want to spoil, but like just like some good surprises in there. I, I really enjoy Deep Blue Sea. It's not trying to be anything that it's not. And it's just really works for the kind of movie it is. I love the fact that it's on your list. That's all I can say. That's a great, that's a great choice. That movie I've is ridiculous. A bunch of times too. And, and like on television. Yeah. So it's always like, like just parts of it that I've seen. Um, I have seen it from the beginning, but I've probably seen like the first 20 minutes once the middle scenes 10 times. It was, so, a, it was a, it was a wild ride. It's a wild ride. Go ahead and see it. Deep blue sea. Great movie. That's my number five. What's your number five? My number five is Leon, the professional from 1994. Ah, with, uh, what's his name again? Jean Reno. Jean Reno. Also in another 1990s awesome movie, Godzilla. Actually, that's not on my list, but. That's right. He's the cameraman, isn't he? Oh, no. He is the French, like, Secret Service guy or something. Oh, right, right, right. Of course. Yes. I like Leon the Professional because it's a very heady action movie. I like the plot. I like the fact that it stars a like maybe thirteen year old Natalie Portman as yeah, one of the. She's been acting like forever. Yeah, and she's great in it. And it's just it's there's not much I want to say about it other than if you've never seen it or heard of it, it's worth a watch. It's it's one that I've seen a few times, and I think it's um, I think it's one of the standard bears for like a a little bit of an intellectual leaning action movie. And it's, and I love Jean Reno. So it's always been one of my favorite movies of his. I don't think I've seen parts of this movie. I don't think I've ever seen it from start to finish. So I'd be curious to do that. Like when you say it's like a heady action, is it like, like a precursor to like a born movie or it's more, it, it's more just the fact that like the way that they present hit John Reno's character as the main guy, like a, a hitman who has like they they spend a lot of time showing his um, moral dilemmas. It's not just like a bam, 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 like action movie. It's like, what is his character going through throughout the movie? That's why I think it's kind of unique in that genre. I, I'm going to check it out then. Um, why? Why is Natalie Portman in it? What is She's like the girl in the um in the apartment complex where like a lot of the movie takes place that he's like trying to protect basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, good number 5. My number 4 is Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Great movie, a lot of people's like favorite action movie probably from the 90s for the time actually even for now the special effects are good um but especially for the time really classic special effects i think we're i enjoy term the first terminator movie more than terminator 2 but i think t2 is great t2 is great it's on my honorable mentions i love it yeah and um it has you know arnold schwarzenegger is the good terminator and i prefer him to be a bad terminator but um uh, what's his name patrick i think it's robert patrick robert patrick yeah plays like a convincingly like creepy like terminator and that really works well and just the movie is like just a giant action movie and it works uh, but is still 
um, like sufficiently, like sufficiently dark, like the first Terminator is, uh, but does it with a, a much better budget. Was that a James Cameron directed movie also? Did he do yeah. both? Okay. Yeah, he did both. He didn't do the third one, which actually I kind of like the third one too, but um, yeah, great, great movie. It is. I can't agree more. Uh, all right. What is your number four? My number four is one that um, I watched recently based on you mentioning another movie in the series, and I watched Batman Returns from 1992. Oh, man. Great. I just left this off my list. I loved it. I had never – I think I had seen the original Batman from 89 um, before, but I don't think I had seen Batman Returns, and it was just fantastic. I loved Batman it so Returns much. Batman is better, I think, yeah. than the first Batman. Danny DeVito as the Penguin is so great. He is great. Christopher Walken's in it, which is like awesome. But actually, I forget about this every time. Michelle Pfeiffer is amazing in it. Yeah, it's really good. No, that movie is really good. I loved it. The whole time I was watching it, I was just like, how did I miss this for so long? And I I think Michael Keaton's a great Batman. I think people sometimes, I mean, I know Val Kilmer gets shit on the most and like George Clooney was, why the hell did that happen? But yeah, I think, I think Michael Keaton's just great as Batman. I just love that movie. I think he is good in it. He seems like a weird choice based on some of like his other, like just movies that he's in, but it totally works. Yeah. Great pick for your number four. I'm, that I think earlier in the day when I was putting together this list, that was like somewhere on five or four and it could have been a double dip, but I just had to leave it on. Uh, my number three is Goldeneye. So I actually struggle with this one a little bit because I both really like Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies. I actually think Pierce Brosnan himself is better in Tomorrow Never Dies. But I, I like the movie Goldeneye a little bit better. Um, Sean Bean, first of all, is like a, a really good villain. And he's he like, yeah. Um, it's hard. It's a, I wouldn't say it's hard, but like to a degree, because the video game is so good, I sometimes think about that movie in the context of the video game. Uh, but on its own, the movie is great. I like that it covers, it was the first Bond movie in about six years, which is like maybe the longest Bond gap there's been. And it covers like all the things that you kind of want out of a Bond movie. It still makes like, uh, like a Russian-y villain, which is like kind of what you want out of a Bond movie. And but it's like post cold war. So they had to figure out how to do that. There's like some technology elements and it just, it's the plot is sometimes meandering, which actually I think bond movies are better when they're meandering a little bit. Yeah. Um, Like the one flaw tomorrow never dies actually is that that's too streamlined, but uh, Goldeneye is like, just has all of that. It's got a great tank chase scene. Um, I like the final setting with the, the satellite in Cuba, just like all of it works really well. Yeah, I, I left it off, but I do, I do love Goldeneye. I think it's a great movie. I think Sean Bean is in that movie is one of my favorite like Bond villains. Yeah, and I forgot to mention it, but uh, Xenia on the top is like 
maybe the best hench person type Bond villain yeah. that there's been in the series. Absolutely. That's a great way to kill a person. <laughs> yeah. That's Famke, Famke Janssen. Oh, yeah. She was great in it. She's great. Um, but yeah, so that had to be my number three. What is your number three? My number three, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Heat from 1995. I have never seen this movie. Oh, Heat is so good. I love Heat. It's just ridiculous. Like, there's a scene where um, Robert De Niro, I forget the, the actress's name. Um, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's like, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino are both kind of like corrupted guys who have to like work together and Robert De Niro's love interest and him are out on a balcony talking and it's so clearly like a green screen and this major <laughs> like huge budget action movie I was like why didn't they just go somewhere and film this outside <laughs> it's un- unbelievable are they cops yeah no uh Pacino is but El- uh, Robert De Niro's like a like a crime lord of some kind okay I should watch that movie. I like, of course it's good. Yeah. It's Dennis, for whatever reason, Dennis Haysbert is like on the crew. The, the, the Allstate guy is like on the crew and they recruit him. He's like a cook and they're like, Oh, oh. you're going to be our driver. And Val Kilmer plays, um, one of the guys like Val Kilmer is insane in that movie. That movie is fantastic. You, everybody should watch heat. I didn't even know Val Kilmer was in that movie. Yeah. I like a good, crazy Val Kilmer. Like, like movie he's off his rocker in that movie (laughs) (laughs) all right i i need to watch heat then uh okay my number two is jurassic park uh from 93 i can't think of too many movies that were like bigger events than jurassic park and it came out at a time where i don't think i i don't think i saw it in theaters um but was sufficiently scary for me as like an eight or nine year old whenever I did see it. And I don't know, like the special effects are great. Um, I like, I generally like the casting. I mean, the kids are kind of annoying, but I don't know. It's great. It's just such a big movie and it works. You want to know something that maybe would disqualify me from doing this episode never seen any of the jurassic park movies <laughs> any of them none of them wow well i mean okay to be fair it's crazy that you haven't seen the first jurassic park but apart from that the rest of them aren't good okay like jurassic i secretly kind of like jurassic park 3 which is like the black sheep probably of the family but is it the lost it. world no, so Jurassic Park 2 is Lost World. Oh, okay. Jurassic Park 2, I think, is bad. Some people might disagree with me on that one, but I think it's not a, it's not a very good movie. Totally fine that you haven't seen it. Jurassic Park 3 has William H. Macy and Tay Leone, and it's like clearly like a little lower budget, I think, but I actually think it's okay. And the kid in it is like really smart for some reason. It's like they took the cue that like stop making your kids like dumb as shit. Um... <laughs> And then Jurassic World, which like came out like, I don't know, five years ago, four or five years ago, is pretty good. And then the last Jurassic Park movie that came out two or so years, like Fallen Kingdom or whatever, is like horrible. Okay. So that you haven't seen any of the, uh, any of like the four sequels is fine. But the first one, 
You're one of the only people I know who haven't seen that movie. I, I know. I, I that's one. There's a few movies like that that I, I'm trying to think of what some of the... I mean, I haven't seen some of the Star Wars movies that are really popular, but like, yeah. I think Jurassic Park original is my biggest blind spot of that's, movies I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't seen Heat. And in earlier episodes, having not seen Die Hard was like kind of crazy. Pandemics are good for catching up on movies, though. Yeah. Um, I would recommend it. I... I think if you take a really critical eye to Jurassic Park, you might find flaws. But if you just enjoy the ride, it's there's few movies better. I love Jeff Goldblum too, so that's another reason why I should see him. He's great, man. Yeah. Um, all right. B-Pent, what's your number two? My number two is my Jean-Claude Van Damme entrant into the arena of action movies from the 90s. It is Hard Target. Ooh, hard target target harder than the rest of them. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I'm going to sell hard target right now. So it's John Woo's first U S movie that he directed. It is amazing. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a, uh, the guy who wrote it, said it in new Orleans to try to explain Jean-Claude Van Damme's accent, which is (laughs) Belgian. So I don't really know how that works. I mean, New Orleans settled by the French next it's next to Belgium. Yeah. But that's real loose. Yeah. Real loose. That was his way of like trying to explain the accent. And then Lance Henriksen plays the villain and his name is Emile Fouchon, which is a great villain name. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme is like Chance Boudreaux or something like that. It's just like the most ridiculous stereotype <laughs> shit, but there are, I know, no, no lie. Uh, 10 like action set pieces in this movie. That's what John Woo, John Woo is known for is like just great uh, cinematography. And like, there's one part where Jean-Claude Van Damme is riding a motorcycle. And in order to avoid this truck, that's got like these things that come out to like trip a motorcycle, he stands up and rides it like a balance beam. <laughs> and jumps <laughs> over. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, there's uh, one guy who's, primary weapon is like uh, a harpoon that he uses and it's not on the sea it's on land so i mean that seems efficient yeah there's just there's not really much better i could say i considered three other john claude van damme movies that i almost had four in my top five but i thought you know that would be a little ridiculous so this is my pick for the best john claude van damme movie of the 90s okay i you know honestly i feel like i need to watch this movie one because if you say it's the best uh, John Claude Van Damme movie, then I should see it. Yeah. Um, the way you've described it, great sell, I think. Also, I love the city of New Orleans. I would like to see a movie set there. There you go. So uh, I'm down for that. Uh, my number one is I, this list was so hard to, like, the comedy list was hard to put together, and you just had to pick a number one. The With the action movies, I had to say, like, one, I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie more than any other action movie in the 1990s. And it's just great and pretty prescient, too. My number one movie is 1993's Demolition Man. Oh, okay. Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Rob Schneider, Sandra Bullock. Like, the cast is great. Dennis Quaid. No, not Dennis Quaid. Sorry. No, it is Dennis Quaid. Oh, no, sorry. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, yeah. There we go. I was like, wait, his name is Dennis. 
It's not Randy Quaid. <laughs> it's not one of the Quaid brothers. It's not a Quaid. Dennis Leary. Yeah. Who plays a very Dennis Leary person. And just the movie is... I love its attempts at figuring out what the future is going to be like. And it's not that wrong. Um, and it just is like the, the performances are it's peak Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes has free reign to do like whatever he wants in the movie. And he owns it. Uh, I, it's a really early Sandra Bullock performance and she's great in it. Uh, it's the movie has it all. And in the future, all restaurants are Taco Bell. Yeah. And honestly, even that, like, somebody has made a list of all the things in the movie that have actually turned out to be true. They didn't mention the Taco Bell thing, but they, they go to a fancy Taco Bell restaurant in the movie. There's a lot of product placement in the movie, but whatever. Um, and I was just thinking about this today, but there's a coastal city right here in the Bay Area called Pacifica, which I really like. <laughs> the stupid thing about Pacifica is they have like one restaurant right on the water and it's a Taco Bell cantina, <laughs> which is like the fancy Taco Bell. There's Where like they serve booze. Water. Yeah, they serve booze, but it's just like way to ruin a waterfront. Yeah. But Demolition Man, they were calling it. That's I'm, I just added it. I have a list, a running list on my phone of movies I need to watch again, and I put that on there because I I need oh, to see that one again. I love Demolition Man. It's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to watch it. There's the three shells, the weird simulation of sex that they do in the movie. <laughs> uh, I, there's so many good elements. Of course, getting tickets for swearing. Uh, no, it's a perfect movie, nearly. Uh, all right, what are your honorable mentions? I got my number one still. Oh, Jesus. I am drunk already. Uh, what's your number one? <laughs> it's that damn rye. <laughs> yeah. Um, my number one is also from 1993. It is a movie that contains one of the only uh, celebrity impersonations that I can do, which is, I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> yes. It's The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. Excellent pick. On my honorable mentions, maybe should have been on my list. Probably. I love... I love The Fugitive. It's got Tommy Lee Jones being Tommy Lee Jones. It's got a weird villain with like, what does he have? Like a fake hand or something like a hook hand or something. I don't know what's going on. Like there's just like Harrison Ford is at the top of his game. It's 1993. He was yeah. probably already 50 years old, but he was like the greatest action star of 1993. Yeah. It's, it's, I love the suspense in that movie. I love the plot. I love the way it's paced. I could watch it over and over again every time I'm like into it and I'm, I'm ready. I'm watching. I'm on the edge of my seat. I love the fugitive. So that was my number one. That's a great pick. Uh, and I cannot argue with it at all. It's like, it's one of those movies kind of, well, I don't want to say the fugitives like die hard, but there are some movies that are just like really pretty straightforward. Uh, but just like are perfectly paced and move in such a way. And that's like such an underappreciated thing. Yeah, I can. I totally understand why you put the fugitive number one. What are some of your honorable mentions? I've got uh, T2 that you mentioned. I've got Golden Eye. Then I have Reservoir Dogs from 1992, which I love. Um, I've got Lionheart, which is my other Jean Claude Van Damme that I had to mention. That's from 1990. That one is awesome. Total Recall from 1990. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. Gotta gotta love that. Um, Judge Dredd. Another 
action movie that has Rob Schneider in it. Um, I just watched it. It's insane, but I love the movie. Then I have two Nicholas Schneider. Were Sylvester and Stallone and Rob Schneider pals? Yeah, I I don't, maybe. I mean, he's like one of the first people you see in Judge Dredd is Rob Schneider. Weird. Um, And then I have two Nicolas Cage movies. The Rock, which Lisa and I just watched last weekend, which Nicolas Cage is absolutely at top of his game. And then Con Air, which we're watching tonight after we're done recording. And I probably could have that as my number one if I do like this list again, because I feel like I haven't seen it in so long that I can't put it on there, but it's got to be great. It's, uh, I, yeah, I I think I have seen Connor before, but it's been a really long time. Uh, And I've definitely seen The Rock. I have Batman Returns. I don't have The Matrix. Uh, Speed, 1994. Maggie reminded me of Independence Day, which I do really like. Uh, 1996, Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997, and then both the the Harrison Ford two-step of The Fugitive and Air Force One. Great choice. We saw Air Force One recently. I I wouldn't even say Air Force One's all that good, but like it's it works. I gotta watch the ones I have to watch again that would have made it somewhere on my list are that and In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood, which is from like '93, which I haven't seen in a while. So Ooh, okay. All right, uh, if you have some 90s action movies that we forgot about, let us know. You can hit us up on our Twitter feed. That's at Whiskey Sessions or email us, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We'll read your email on a future episode, but let's check out what's in the old email inbox for this episode. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them. All right, be pimp. What do we got in the old email inbox? We have what appears to be a job application. So it says to whom it may concern. I am a hardworking self-starter who loves to rank things. I have a notebook filled with lists ranking everything from each of my hairs to the stoplights I've seen in my life. My garage has so many list filled notebooks that I have not been able to leave in over 11 years. I think I'm perfect for your podcast. My salary demands are reasonable parentheses, hundred thousand, and I don't need health insurance. Please let me know when I can interview. Warm regards, Alan Rankman. Alan Rankman? Well, I don't, I don't know if that's like an Alan Rickman joke or if that's <laughs> yeah. his actual name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if he likes to rank things, it's appropriate that his name is Rankman. I'll say this, though. Excluding the demand for $100,000, I'm assuming, per year, I'm assuming, obviously that's a non-starter because... Last I checked, the money that we pull in on the podcast is, I won't say how much we pull in, I'll say significantly less than $100,000. <laughs> There's a lot of a gap there between There's, what he's last. Won't for. say if the gap is $1, won't say if the gap is all $100,000. Right. I will just say it's significantly under $100,000. So that's, that is a non-starter. But the other part is, where does this person, Alan, Rankman get off thinking that they can just suddenly get a job with us and be the person that does the rankings. That's the, yeah, I'm, I'm floored. Um, I think we've never even put out like a hiring alert. We no. we're, we're taking care of the ranking. Yeah. This is a two person job. And if we want a guest on the episode, we have that, but a full-time person thinking they can come in, make that kind of money and do rankings. Not having it. Sorry, Alan. Yeah. 
more like Alan Lookman for a different job. Yeah, that's that's exactly correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, Alan, you are free to email us whenever you'd like. We, of course, are not going to pay you for the emails, uh, but you're free to do that. And for anybody else who'd like to email us so we can read it on a future episode, we will do that as well. Just hit us up again. It's whiskey. Whiskey, we spell with an E, of course, because we are civilized. Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com. And we will read it on a future episode. But B Pimp, that's it for this episode. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our wonderful listeners with? Alan, your email was rank, man. Ooh, that is a diss. Yeah, now, sorry. I feel Alan. like other people, once once you burn somebody like that, I'm concerned other people won't email in. <laughs> the constant flow of emails might stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Shot herself on the foot with that one. Okay, but until next episode, this is Amets saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.